And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday as we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts we travel to understand what things the Lord does require of us as we learn to apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First up, but a certain man and woman. It's funny because that's the text we're going to be reading. How many Garden of Edens keep coming around. The new church is being established, and God is declaring his good news through Jesus Christ and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's a new community. It's like paradise and it's rebirth, but there's always an Adam and Eve in the garden. It's like it never ends. Back at the beginning of the early days of the church, the same year as the ascension of Jesus Christ, this process happened with Ananias and Sapphira. Wow. Next, they kept back part of the money. That was fine as long as they were being honest. They could have kept all the money. Who cares? Nobody. But they pretended to sell their property and give all to the church the proceeds from their sale. Their two major sins were, first, they were fake in their Christian faith, and they kept something back from themselves. These two sinful actions connected them to Satan. Bad, bad plan. But finally, theologically, did they believe in Jesus? I don't know. And neither does anybody else. But many say yes, and many say no. They for sure were close enough to the church setting that they brought their offering directly before the apostles. But the Holy Spirit exposed them. Nothing we say, do, or think escapes God's notice. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oeve, so much more. Hey, hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Comes right to me live during the show. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. What? 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, you will reach Captain Chris. And you know you will be... I hit that mark, huh? I got that one. Okay, good job. So that's what you got to do. You might have a question, a thought, a comment. You might have an opinion. Keep in mind, it's not a kvetch fest. I love that. It's not a kvetch fest. You guys need to learn that phrase. Kvetch fest. It's not. 
Okay? There's many places to call or to reach out or do uh, social media where all you do is kvetch, kvetch, kvetch. <laughs> snar, snar. Here's the bottom line. You want to encourage one another as we see the day approaching. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, and Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, encouraging one another daily as we know that the Lord's return is coming. That's what we're looking to do. You might have a question, though, or a praise report or a prayer request. Or an answer to Bible trivia. Who saw a bush on fire that did not burn? Who saw that? Who? Who? If you think you know the answer, you can call 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can also send an email, david at he must org. Boy, I'm rolling today, huh? Just, I'm just feeling it today. Uh, except for this part, i got to remember this part. Uh, keep in mind that any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio. Yuck, yuck, yuck. It's uh, just radio. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. We do have somebody calling in that's going to answer. And... Uh, I like Eric's answer. <laughs> he's, he's along my lines of uh, uh, the way that I would answer it. Uh, everybody's doing a good job. Person on hold. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Bobby from Climax. Hi. How are you? Bobby from Climax. How are things? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think it was Moses that uh, seen the fiery bush first. That uh, is correct. <laughs> Now, how would you like to see that? I've always always thought about that because it's such a telling moment. But how would you like to see, be out there? You're in the desert. A bush is on fire. You're like, okay, a bush is on fire. It's like lightning happens. That's okay. But it's not burning. <laughs> you're like going, wait a second. I mean, that thing should have been done by now. It's just a bush. I mean, that must have been. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I tried to mimic that in photography, doing some uh, double exposures and stuff, just see how it would look. Wow, that's amazing. That's kind of a, it's so bizarre because remember, these are guys that don't have television, movie, special effects. They're just looking at it going, what is going on here, right? That's amazing. Right. Oh, and as for uh, Shapira and uh, Ananias, uh, I believe they believe in God now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Hats off to you, sir. The weekend in the teaching, I'm never going to forget that. Whether they were or weren't, they believe now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even Hitler and Darwin believes now. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Great job. Excellent call. Very, very good. God bless you. All right. You too, brother. Bye bye. That was a great line. <laughs> Well, they do now. <laughs> All right, let's play our uh, expository uh, teaching theme. Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! All I can say is wow! Yeah, again, that has nothing to do with anything. I'd just like to hear that. Here we go. Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. Verse 2, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it. Two things to tell you, because most people think, well, now we're in Acts chapter 5. This has got to be years and years after Jesus you know, ascended and Peter preached in Acts 2. And wrong. Because <laughs> I say that right? That is wrong. And however I'm supposed to say it, that's wrong. It's all within the same year. 
And it's like, this stuff is happening rapid. I think we need to think of Acts as uh, moving at an unbelievably rapid pace. The first uh, five or six uh, chapters are just like, boom, 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 boom. And Ananias and Sapphira uh, uh, sold part of the property. Not a problem. They could have kept the property. Not a problem. They could have given part of it and said, here's 10%. Not a problem. They could have given no percent. Not a problem. They could have given 50%. Not a problem. But it is under this premise that there is a problem. It is though they sold their property for a million dollars. And then they told the church, we have given you all the money from the proceeds of our sale. And that's the problem. Why is that a problem? Because it's a lie. That's why it's a problem. And they start off, and you again, and we'll get into this. I think we'll get into this uh, in about the third segment. You know, were they Christian, were they not Christian? We'll get into that in a, in a bit. But here what I want you to see is God establishing a very important principle in the earliest days of the church. You know what that principle is? Be real or be sorry. How about that? For all the fake stuff that goes on in the church today, it's more of a miracle that there's not dead people spread out all over the place because of how many phony people are in the church. That's the old joke. Hey, I would go to church, but there's uh, too many hypocrites there. And the response is, yeah, well, what's one more? The idea behind this is to catch that God doesn't like that. You are a process of work, a masterpiece of his. You are a finished work from one position, but a work in progress from another position. And there's no lying about that. You are what you are. You do the best that you can. You lay it out before the Lord, and you are fully dependent on grace and mercy to make this whole thing happen because it's granted to you because God loves you, and it gives you the vehicle faith to operate by. But there is no room in the economy for God, of God to be fake. It's one thing not to show your entire pocket, okay? I understand that. But it's an entirely other thing to say, yes, but in this pocket I have, you know, gum, when in fact you have nothing. That's different. You see what I'm saying? It's a lie, it's for the purpose of looking good. It's for pretending to come off better. One of the things that some people dislike about this show is that I tell you I think, and I do think this, that I'm a bigger sinner than all of you. When I do stupid things, I don't go back and go, well, I know God will forgive me because of all the good I've done. I look at the Lord and I go, I disgust myself. <laughs> That's what I say. Why? Because it's true. That's what happens. And most of you do the exact same thing. And yet we still come to the presence of the Lord seeking his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. Aha! That's how you do it. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Smith Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, our words will justify us or condemn us. And we understand our words will justify us or condemn us because they reveal our hearts. 
So therefore, in conclusion, that our words justify us or condemn us because they reveal our hearts, we need to remember and operate and function, and function in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, which says this. And actually, you can even look at verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5, 19. Uh, sing and make music in, the, in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know that by your words you're justified and condemned, because you know they reveal your heart, you ought to make sure that you follow the scriptures that Paul commands us to follow, and you ought to be being thankful in everything. You ought to be being thankful in everything. And if you are thankful in everything, that will be a part of your verbalization or your speech, and that will be a revelation as to what's in your heart. Are you a thankful Christian for everything? And you say, well, Dave, I'm thankful that he saved me, but I'm going through this trial, and I don't like it. I'm not so thankful for the trial. And I say, I understand. I understand that. Uh, again, not a new revelation coming right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells you the ticket, the method, the system by which you can be thankful in everything. Are you going to mean I should be thankful in a divorce proceeding? I should be thankful that my brother is a drug addict? I should be thankful that I'm going bankrupt? I should be thankful that these terrible things are happening? Or that I should be thankful that I can't sleep? No, I think you should read Romans 8, 28 with me and respond to this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So I think the answer is, can you be thankful in all those things? Yes. For going through a divorce? No. But that God is going to work into your lives good things through this process? Absolutely. If you don't believe that God is going to work things that are good into your lives in your trial, you don't believe anything he says. Because one of the greatest premises that Jesus laid down is, and I, and I caught this just earlier this week, let not your hearts be troubled. There will be trouble in the world. I've overcome the world. It's like, but Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, as though we had a choice. We do. We do. And we should be thankful in all of it while we're going through for the actual drug addiction. No, but that God's not going to give up on the person. He's going to work good out of it. The David Spoon Experience. And if you can't shout you'll have to face a penalty. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, we got this trivia question. Now, listen, listen. We're going to play the horn. And we're going to play the horn again. You have been warned. True or false, the word miracle never occurs in the New Testament outside the four Gospels. <laughs> okay, just let's just leave it there. Uh, true or false, the word miracle never occurs in the New Testament outside of the four Gospels. You have been warned. 
Uh, 972-445-0770. That's the number to call, 214-210-8483. Of course, it's a 50-50, so, I mean, I'm just saying. And then uh, David at hemustincrease.org. I have, of course, a few uh, jokes, but I also have uh, somebody calling in, so that person who's calling in is saving all of you from the jokes that are coming. So you should think of it in that way as, like, this person loves us. Okay, you ready? Okay. Okay. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. It's your friend, Samson. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, my brother. Do me a favor. Turn your radio down because we got a little echo there. Okay? Okay. What about now? Nah, you're always perfect. Just keep going. All right. All right now, this well, is a classic. Happy belated Hanukkah to you. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. That's, that's very yeah, good. So, I appreciate that. So you got that. the eight gifts? Yeah, the eight days. The eight, you know, you, you know. In, in in the real tradition, you know, Hanukkah Harry, if it's not socks and it's not pencils, you didn't have a good year. <laughs> so, did they give you eight razor for each day? <laughs> That's so good. That's hilarious. Very, very good, my brother. Hey, it's That's practical. a good one. That's good. All right. True or false, the word miracle never occurs in the New Testament outside of the four Gospels. True or false? It's a false. That is correct, sir! Not only does Acts mention miracles, but where most people miss it is Galatians chapter 3, verse 5 says, Does not God give you his spirit and work miracles among you? It's like, you know, by faith. And it's like, nope, it's right there, right in the text. Can't get away from it. Good job, brother. That's a good one. Cool. Good job. Hey, I have a prayer request. Sure. Uh, last week, uh, I was praying for certain things. However, it didn't happen the way I'm wanting. Uh, so I had a little tough time with the Lord, but I'm trusting and I submitted to him and I know, uh, he's, he's doing, uh, more than what I could comprehend or I could see because he sees the future. I can't, I just see whatever is in front of me. So yes, uh, I was disappointed because I was praying and I was so darn sure that it would happen, but it didn't happen. So. You, you want to pray that that you're just you're just align with the Lord and let some of that uh, disappointment disappear and have a resurgence of faith. Then is that kind of where you were? Yeah, I mean, I I, I have complete faith faith in God that probably He was seeing more than what I could Absolutely. ever see in this lifetime. Well, let me because. Put- Let me pray over you. Let me pray. Father, we come before you right now, and we just thank you and praise you for everything. Things that we don't understand, we thank you and praise you for, because you do have our best interests in mind. And when we think we know what would be a good result, you are the one that knows. We only think we know. You know. And our disappointment, it happens. There's times where we think it should be this way or want it to be this way. But we know that that saying, if you change one letter, the H, the D to an H, it becomes his appointment. You have a plan. You have a purpose. You have a reason. And you have a better reason than one that can be seen. And what we pray for for our brother is that he would have almost a fresh faith 
that just gives him the confidence that what you're going to manifest and what you're going to bring him into is your better choice for him, and he can rely on your love and trust in the quality that you demonstrate through your word and through the actions you've given us throughout our lifetime. We trust you for it, we praise you for it, and we look forward to it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen, my Amen. brother. Well, thank you, David, and uh, I'm glad that you had a good Hanukkah, and now I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Thank and, you, my brother. And thank you for blessing all of us, and and I pray that your uh, doctorate work, the whatever the editing you are doing, Amen. will go well by the by the guidance and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I thank you for that, my brother. All right. Love you, brother. Love and you, too. Shalom. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job. Good job by our brother. All right. Uh, we'll have to wait on the on the humor. <laughs> Chris. Oh, yeah. That's a really sincere darn over there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say anything. We're just going to go into the next segment right now. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Here we go. Here's the next segment. Uh, a certain. <laughs> we're going to repeat this a couple times because I just don't want anybody to miss the importance. A certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a, sold a possession. He kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. So here's where you have to start to define uh, believer, not believer. It's kind of like a theological question. And just so you can know before you say, well, the person that I follow says it's this, or the person that I follow says it's this, there are a hundred plus fantastic commentators. They're split within uh, 2% of each other as to whether they were or whether they were not Christians. So my response when I see that is, okay, maybe yes, maybe no. Here's what we know for sure. They got so close to the process, they were close enough to the apostles to lay a gift in front of them. That's pretty close. I mean, I, you could say a lot of things. That's pretty close. That's not like a. That's not a, a bad uh, a bad process there in the sense of how close they got. Their big sins were, and we've already mentioned this just briefly. They were fake about who they were. Okay. But the other thing that, that doesn't get spoken, and I want to be careful how I say it, but I want you to hear it, is the sin is that they kept back part of it from everybody. And in process, or in maybe in the application, or what we would call the, the DAP, the dynamic application principle, they kept back part of it because— they didn't want to give it all to the Lord. And the question comes down to this. Are we keeping back part of it? Now, I can tell you right now, I'm sure there are areas in my life that I keep things back that I need to do a better job on. I don't even, I, I don't even know why that would be a problem. But I don't want to be that person that holds something back from the Lord and protects it in such a way as to not be willing to surrender. I don't want to keep something back from God. And it's not as though you can really do that. <laughs> I think we think we can do that. And if God doesn't call us on the carpet for it, then we think we're getting away with it. But that's not really how that works. I go through that. I deal with that. So in my prayers of late, I know it's ridiculous, but I do it anyway. I do the Star Trek scan. So I ask the Lord to scan me. 
And uh, I just don't want to have that in me where I'm trying to hide it from him. If I'm struggling with it, I don't really have a problem telling him that. But I, I don't want to try and hide it. And a part of their sin was that they pretended who they were, and the other part of their sin was that they kept back. And it's like my encouragement or admonition to you as Christians is don't don't keep something back from the Lord. And if you're having an area an area in your life and it's really hard, bring it to him and lay it at his feet for real, where these guys laid some of it at the apostles' feet. In your case, lay it all before the Lord. Don't, don't let anything out. Lay it right down in there and be honest about it and be truthful about it. If anything this text teaches you, it's to pray and to function with God truthfully. If there's anything you get out of Ananias and Sapphira, pretending does not impress God and it is not good for your brothers and sisters. But most importantly, it ain't good for you. Because when you pretend, you put yourself in a position that the Lord has to respond and potentially judge. And it's like, stupid, don't. Don't do that. Okay? Now, I will say this one point on whether they were Christians or not, because as you know what's going to happen, uh, Ananias, he's, he's going he's gonna to go down. <laughs> he's going to go dust to dust, Right? And some people are saying, well, God would never do that to a Christian. He would never slay a Christian. One, that's not true. And two, Uzzah, who was a Levite who tried to steady the ark, simply touched the ark, and God smote him immediately. So don't, don't give me the, well, God would never do that. I don't want to hear that line. That doesn't even exist. Whether they were or weren't, I, I think you can study it. Come to your conclusion. I support you in it. I would never fellowship, uh, disfellowship somebody over it. I would just, you know, this is my position, my position. But what we do know is that these people were entrenched in the Christian community in the beginning. That we know. And then they tried to be something they weren't. That we know. So there's nothing wrong with dressing up with your Sunday best to go to church. But there is something wrong when the only projection you ever have is you're the best or it's the best and it's always the best, which is another one of the problems I have with the, you know, don't say anything negative, you know, be like Jesus, make the Jesus face. I told you before, which one? The one where he's being crucified? I've made that face often, but not quite to the level he has. All right, so that gets you rolling on that. When we get in the next segment, it gets much more intense. If you think this is, this is nothing, what we're about to get into is really serious, okay? So we're going to take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, he reached down. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. 
Every once in a while when I do the uh, radio hosting, I have this wonderful opportunity to talk to people that influence the church, that are a blessing to the church. Today is no different. I am honored and blessed, by the way, to have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Robert Morris. He is the founding and lead pastor of Gateway Church. He's a best-selling author. He's written some excellent material, but he has a new book out, which has the greatest title ever next to the Bible. The, the new book is called Take the Day Off, please. That's all I ask for. The book is entitled Take the Day Off, Receiving God's Gift of Rest. Pastor Marshall, you're there with us. I am, David, and it is so good to talk with you today. I do want to let you know before we get going uh, that I was actually introduced to you by somebody at your church about a year ago. I was at a place called Inigen. And uh, somebody named Robert, who went to your church, he gave me your book, uh, you know, Beyond Blessed. And I had not uh, actually had the chance to engage on any of your material yet. I read that. And it was a really timely book, which was really cool. Oh, and th- then I was able to go and get your book on the Holy Spirit, which I thought was one of the best pneumatology well, books that I've read in eight in a long time. So just so that <laughs> you know, you. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you. I, I, I've, uh, I actually I came from a Baptist background. And um, and so I've actually had I have some friends that are uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I have some friends that are Church of Christ, and I have some friends that you know just come from all sorts of different backgrounds that are not quote unquote Pentecostal charismatic. And again, that's not my background either. I went to Crystal right there in Dallas and to East Texas Baptist College before that. But anyway, I've had so many guys tell me that they really appreciated um, that book on the Holy Spirit, um, and they may not even agree with everything in it, but they appreciated the sensitivity and the way I handled the, yeah. the person of the Holy Spirit. You know, you so. did, it was a great job. I mean, I was born and raised Jewish. I became a Christian. I'm oh, a, I, I have a Baptist and a Pentecostal ordination. And <laughs> Pentecostal. Just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Calminian, and I'm a manifold millennialist. So <laughs> anytime you <laughs> want to sit great. there and talk about diversity, I'm there for you. The David Spoon Experience. On Christ the Solid Rock. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. We are getting ready for our next trivia question. Okay. Now, see, this is not scientific. I'm having these big scientific discussion-y things, so I want to make sure everybody knows this is not scientific, what we're about to talk about, okay? Everybody, you know, talks about—you ever heard the expression of flat earthers? Okay. Well, first of all, that came around about the 6th century from philosophers. If anybody bothered to read Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, it says that the, that the Lord sits on the circle of the earth 1,300 years earlier. Eh, why would anybody read it, right? Okay, anyhow, so what I'm going to say is not scientific. It's just the situation that the person was in. When did the sun and moon stand still? When did that happen? The sun and the moon. When did that happen? Uh, if you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at he must org. Also, on the heels of that, we would encourage you to go to our website, 
because it is there that you can give and receive. There is audio, there is video, there's encouraging things. I did. I don't know if I told you guys, but my daughter listened to part of the audio. She had not heard a part of it. Me talking about her and Easton, and she started crying. And so that was like, you know, that's kind of like cool. Not that she was crying, but that it touched her and encouraged her. So check out the website. Do as the Lord leads you. Go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase.org, he must increase.org. Email David at he must increase.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. All right, let me, uh, maybe I should simplify the trivia question. <laughs> Who told the sun and the moon to stand still and or when did it happen? Any of that? I'm just trying to help people out. People are like, what? Are you getting specific on me? I didn't play the buzzer, did I? I didn't play the horn. Uh, in the meantime, so if you know, you can text in uh, 972-445-0770. Or you, I'm sorry. That's the call-in number. See what happens when I do that? You can text. It's just not going to do anything. Yeah, that would be funny. If you text it, well, I don't know. Would they get an electric shock? No? Maybe. You know, that's that phony phone call we used to do as kids. You remember that one? So here's one we used to do. We would call people, and we would say, Hi, this is the phone company. We don't want you to answer your phone for the next few minutes because the person on the other end might receive a mild shock. Then you hang up. Then you call back and answer. You go, ah. Okay. That's right. That's nice the, kids. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we, were, we were good kids. Uh, who? What situation? You know, the sun and the moon standing still. Figure it out. When did that happen? Okay, let's do our history before we lose it completely. Let's go living in the past. Let's go living in the past. All right, today is. Uh, I don't know if this is correct or not, so I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give a caveat to that okay they say and this is the second time this month that it's national brownie day which i'm not sure how you can have it twice but i don't mind so what do we think do we care i like brownies i love brownies it's the worst i'm a real bro i love brownies in fact whenever we get dessert noel doesn't even have to ask me that's how bad it is what'd you get brownies okay <laughs> That's kind of the end of that. Uh, and I uh, just thought I'd let you know. Brownies. I'm sorry. Brownies. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, it's today the ninth. Today's the ninth, right? All day? All day. Okay. Uh, longest NFL field goal took place on this day in 2013. Matt Prater kicked a 64-yard field goal for the Denver Broncos. The Broncos would go on to beat the Tennessee Titans 51-28. to you know who held that record prior to that for many, 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 many moons? The Lions got defeated by a 63-yard field goal by Jack Dempsey. He got he had a half a foot. He had a wooden foot, and he leave it to the Lions. I think what they did is they hiked, and then all the Lions said, hey, let's lay down, see what happens. <laughs> that's kind of what they do on that. All right, that's enough of history. I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, we're getting ready for the text. The trivia question uh, who said or what happened when the mu the sun and the moon stood still? I can't make that any simpler. I just I can't do it. Uh, 972-445-0770, 214-210-8483. Uh, or david at org. Ready? Because this is going to be people are not going to like this. 
This is why I'm going to do the joke in the fourth segment because some people are going to be like, whoa. All right, back to verse 1 in Acts 5. But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, and he kept back part of the proceeds, uh, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? This is such a tough part for people. Why has Satan filled your heart? And so some people will say, see, that proves that Ananias and Sapphira were not Christians because Satan filled their heart. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Sorry, don't get mad at me. Satan has access through sin, period. You know why Jesus said he has nothing in me? Because Jesus had no sin. So you see how this works? It's not even that complex. It doesn't matter whether you're an apostle or uh, the wife of an apostle or just to kind of like just barely in, whatever the case may be, or you're just the worst sinner ever. Sin gives Satan access. Sin is what he caused Adam and Eve to do, which gave him access into the world. And every time there's sin involved, it is an invitation for the enemy. Only Jesus had no sin. So Satan could have no place in him. But when you and I sin... We are going into the dark lands. We are going to the bad side. If you're a Star Wars person, you're going over to the dark side. There's no other way around it. So the, I'm not saying that Ananias and Sapphira were Christians. I'm just saying you can't use that text to say they weren't because Satan fills the heart of anybody who perpetuates in sin, period. It's not, I understand. Well, that can't be, you know, how can the Holy Spirit live inside you and how can Satan fill a person's heart? Well, it doesn't say that Satan is living in there the same way the Holy Spirit is, but if you really want to get theological, Satan accuses the brethren in the throne of God, which is why Michael has to throw him out of heaven in Revelation 12. So it's not like you could say they, that doesn't exist in the same room. It's the dwelling. They don't dwell together. They don't live in the same The Holy Spirit and demonic powers don't live in the same home. doesn't mean they don't show up to the same place. And most of the time, this is us as the vessel. You know, most of the warfare that happens happens somewhere between your left and right ear and your heart. That's where most of the warfare takes place, just in case you're trying to figure that out. And I'm not saying that to be to ridicule anybody. I'm saying that's where a lot of it happens. The enemy has his influence in the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and the and the the spiritual truths have their influence, and you make a decision which kingdom you're going to advance. That happens on an everyday basis, and a lot of that has to do with your heart. So Satan fills their hearts uh, to lie, and they're like, "Yeah, well, we're we're in this. We're for this." And Satan influences a lot of people. And you think, well, no, 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 Dave. I can prove scripture. Really? Okay. Was Peter a believer? Yes or no? Well, of course he was. He had the great, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Well, right after he said that, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me. <laughs> because why? Because Satan had altered his thinking. 
And so then he was thinking in sin. I know better than Jesus. I'll protect Jesus. <laughs> and in that brilliant wisdom, what happened? Jesus said, all right, Satan, get over there. <laughs> you think Peter was probably going, uh, whoops. And why I'm bringing that up is just to separate that. I'm not, again, again, theologically, I'm not saying Ananias and Sapphira were Christians, okay? I kind of have my doubts, but then I also have my suspicions that I'm not that bright on those things. But I do sense that people see this and think, well, Satan can never influence people. It's like, are you? have you lost your mind? He's been influencing people since there was no sin nature. Remember, Adam and Eve fell into a sin nature. How much more those of us who were born with a sin nature, right? I mean, if he influenced Adam and Eve and they didn't have that, then, okay. So that helps us understand this is a war. Of course it's a war. And guess who's attacking the early church? Satan is. Of course he is. What's more amazing is that the church, through the power of God, the influence of the Holy Spirit, the planting of the Word inside your mind and heart, the existence of the Spirit living inside you, the name of Jesus Christ, the plans and the declaration of God, what's more amazing is the church keeps winning. It's like then these little battles, all these things, it keeps winning. You think, oh, but look at the world. That's part of the prophetic prediction that it's coming to an end, and Jesus is going to come riding on the horse and bring it all to a close. I ain't got no problem with that. But for 2,000 years, the church is still growing. You know, they say, uh, I just had this big discussion in the doctorate class, and they've been saying, oh, well, you know, the bottom line is uh, the church is going to fall apart. Not one second before Jesus says so. Get it? All right. Trivia? All right. Trivia. Who, when, where, what, how? Let's just say the answer is Joshua when he asked the sun and the moon to stand still. I believe that had to do uh, with, uh, I don't know if it was the Gibeonites or not. Now i got to remember that. Bottom line is it was Joshua said, sun and moon stand still. God said, hey, watch this. I'm just going to put the whole universe on hold and let him finish up the job. Yeah, who's got that kind of power? God. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. 
continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. Who is David Spoon? We have on the line Tina from Elko. Tina, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing today? What I am doing great. One, the, is this the first time you've heard the show? No, I listen to you every time I get into my car when I leave my job. Ah, awesome. Thank you very much. Is there anything that we can be praying for just to be in agreement with you regarding anything that the Lord's working on in you? Yeah, there okay. is. Okay, fire away. Um, first of all, I'd like to see my family's hearts turned. Second of all, I am not putting God first and... I'm not being obedient in certain ways. Let me sum it up a little bit. I have a boyfriend. Okay. I should answer it. So I really need prayer to get back on track with God. Okay. Let me pray with you, okay? Okay. Thank All right. You. Let's pray. Lord, we just come before you right now, and we lift up Tina to you, and we ask you right now in the name of Jesus that uh, first and foremost you would work on her family's hearts, that uh, there would be a softening, and that there would be a grace and a mercy given uh, to the family and uh, between the relationship that Tina has with the family, and we just pray that your mercy would prevail, and we just pray that you would encourage her. Instead of this being a discouragement, let this become an encouragement that she is a daughter of the Most High seeking out help from her Heavenly Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Just a quick clarification on the Joshua story. The Gibeonites were involved, but he was there to protect them. Duh. I couldn't remember. <laughs> well, I knew it was in there. I just couldn't remember. So it's in uh, Joshua chapter 10 for those who are looking uh, forward to it. I appreciate Kirk uh, also getting it right. It was the five kings of the Amorites that he kind of took apart and ripped apart and so on and so forth. But it was my bad because I didn't, you know, I knew it was, the Gibeonites were in there somewhere, but I, I forgot that they were protecting them, you know. Yeah, it was close. It was pretty good just to think about that at the top of my head. Uh, I'll take it. I'll take a C anytime. <laughs> All right, here's your next trivia question. How long? Now, this, it's kind of tricky, but I'm not going to blow You want to blow the horn? It's kind of tricky. Maybe we should blow the horn. May I blow the horn? That was one beep. I've never seen you do that. <laughs> it was a one beep horn. Oh, okay. How long had Lazarus been dead when Jesus raised him to life? Now, think about that, okay? Or look in John chapter 10 and 11, or in that area. Uh, but how many, how many, oh, good, everybody's getting that right so far, so I feel much better. If uh, you think you know the answer, you are <clears throat> entitled or welcome to call in 972-445-0770. You can also text... 214 210 or you can send an email david at he must increase 
org. So you did get spared in the last segment from uh, the jokes that were coming, and now you are no longer spared. So now you just kind of have to deal with that. Okay? All right. Ready? These are kind of – these are, see, to me, these are genius. <laughs> Therein lies part of the problem. Okay. Uh, the frugal Lutheran walked into the into the house – panting and almost completely exhausted. What happened, honey? inquired his wife. It's a great new idea I have to be a better steward of our resources, he grasped. He gasped. I ran all the way home from the stewardship committee behind the bus and saved a dollar fifty. That wasn't very bright, returned his flustered wife. Why didn't you run behind a taxi and save $10? Come on, that's not bad, right? Okay. <clears throat> Wait, I'm going to Marco Rubio my voice. Okay. Bent over and obviously in pain, an old man uh, with a cane hobbled laboriously through the sanctuary and into the pastor's office while the choir was practicing. Ten minutes later, he came out, walking upright and moving with grace and speed. Good gracious, the choir director exclaimed. Did the pastor heal you by faith? No, the old man said with a smile. He just gave me a cane that wasn't six inches too short. (laughs) See, you would appreciate that if you were in therapy more. That's all I'm saying. Okay. This one is mean, and for those who have sensitive ears, put cotton in them. You have been warned. This is a mean one, but it's nonetheless humorous. A pastor fell out with his church council over various church policies and procedures, including how the finances were handled. After bitter arguments and many nights of lost sleep, he decided to leave the congregation and take a job as a prison chaplain. He preached his last sermon at the church on John 14, 1. I go to prepare a place for you. Yeah, I know. All right, so let's get back to the. I thought it was pretty good. Go back to the teaching. A certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold the possession. He kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back? Part of the price of the land for yourself. That's how you know that's what the sin was. We're not going to yet talk about the Holy Spirit in the deity aspect. Most people think we get into that, but we're going to stop right there because there's something else that you and I need to be aware of. And the reason that this is all together in these first three verses is for you and I to understand how important it is to be real. I want you to understand this principle. I don't want you to be afraid of this principle. I want you to understand it, and and by understanding it, you will have a greater appreciation for God's love for you, okay? You You will even be more impressed with his love for you. Ready? There is nothing, nothing that you do or say or think ever that God does not know. There is nothing you have done, thought, or spoken. There is nothing you are doing, nothing you are speaking, nothing you are thinking, nor will there ever be anything you are thinking, anything you are speaking, or anything you are doing that God is unaware of ever. God is omniscient. 
That means he knows everything. Let's see. No, it's okay. Everything? Everything. Alternate universes, what the results of free will are, every. There's nothing. God is an interlinear being. He exists in all timelines simultaneously. You and I are finite beings. We are linear beings. We have a birth. We have a death. That's how we understand our concept. God is not. You talk about an alien. I mean, this is like way beyond the scope for all of us. He is immortality while we are mortality. That's all you got to know. I mean, that's, you know, pretty much you're trying to fit, you know, uh, infinity in a three. <laughs> it's like, hey, guess what? Not happening. Okay? So the idea behind this is for you and I to understand why this is important in the early church is the early church is catching on right away eh, of all the things that are going on and all the love and all the appreciation and all the back slapping and the high fives and the fist bumps and all the other stuff. There is nothing you think, say, or do that God does not know. Nothing escapes God. And in regards to churches and in regards to people and in regards to their faith, in regards to the collective, there is nothing that happens in a church that God is unaware of. Zero. Where was Jesus in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, or chapter 1, 2, and 3, basically? He was in the middle of the lampstands, the lampstands where the church is. Jesus is in the middle of the church. He knows everything that's going on. He says, I know. He knows the, pow- the pain that you go through, but he also knows the problems that you generate. Knows all of it. Doesn't know some of it. Doesn't kind of know some. Doesn't. There's no hidden chamber you have. Just read Ezekiel if you think there's a hidden chamber. Makes it pretty clear there are no hidden chambers before the Lord. And with all of that, He still loves you. He still chose you. Wait, better yet, He knows the dumb things that I'm gonna do six months from now. I mean, He knows. He's just a uh, David will do this. Eh, what an idiot. Right? But he still chose me. And he'll do this and this and this and this. I've told you guys about that dream <laughs> that I had with the Lord where I was praying whether I made it or not. And there I was in heaven, and there was this king, and he had his arm around my literally his arm around my shoulder, and he's pointing to this long screen. I don't know if it was 12 or 24 inches uh, high, but it was long, like all the way across the room. And he's like, well, here you did this, and here you did this, and here you did this. He's going through events in my life, and he goes, and here you did this. I'm not kidding. In the dream, he goes, and that wasn't good. (laughs) I'll never forget that. And then he goes, but here, you accepted my son, and that's why you're here. And in that dream where God was giving me confirmation for my salvation, and people are like, well, you know, that's not biblical. I don't care. Work for me. I mean, help me. So it's like, not biblical. I I could care less. God used it to draw me in and keep me steadfast. But here's the thing. The point was he was going through all these things in my life. He knew everything. Still chose me. Now, does that is that justify me sinning? No. Does that justify bad behavior? No. Does that justify somebody being a hypocrite in the public life? No. Although lately my response would be I don't trust people exposing things in public life now because now I don't trust anybody. I mean, I don't believe in any of them. Let God be true, but every man a liar. That's Romans 3, 4. I didn't write it. I can just read it. But the idea behind this is that there's nothing you do, say, or go through that escapes the Lord, and he still chose you. 
He still loves you, still wants you. There's no less love that God has for you. The biggest obstacle I ever fought as a pastor helping people was that once they became a Christian, they had this less love scenario going on now that they grew up on the, in their own lives and they feel like God got to know them a little better. It's like that's so untrue. It's incredible. God doesn't know you one inch better now than the first moment you were conceived or the first moment you said yes. He knows it all the exact same and still said, yeah, I want you. Right? Boy, talk about a vote of confidence. I say yes. <laughs> That's what I say. All right, uh, trivia question. How many days was Laz... What? Laz. What's wrong with Laz? How many days was Laz in the ground? Four. Now, why is that important? Because the rabbis of the day thought that after three days, nobody could come back. So four was a little extra bonus for God to say, ah, do what I want, when I want, how I want, regardless of what people think, say, or do. Right? That's cool stuff. All right, a lot of teaching to process. Don't get guilted on it. Come before the Lord, confess it, acknowledge it, use it, and let it be a strength to you. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.